Hey friends, welcome back. Oh, we have such a great conversation in store for you today. I got to sit down with my new friend, Jessica Matheson, who lives in Athens, Georgia with her family. She is an author of four books, including her 40-day devotional, Fostering Prayer. If you didn't know, the month of May is Foster Care Month. And so we dive into this really important topic. And for those that don't know, Jake and I are in the middle of getting our foster care license. So I know that some of you might be tempted to turn this episode off and say, I'm not interested in foster care. I'm not in a place where I can do foster care right now, but I would encourage you to keep listening because we really dive into the heart behind it and how as Christians, even if we cannot foster, we are called to take care of the orphans and widows. So we really dive into practical ways that if you're not in a position that you can foster, ways that you can still impact these kiddos and rally around the foster parents who are in the trenches of it all. So I really think that you will enjoy this conversation and that hopefully it will inspire you to either maybe look into foster care or even just take a foster mom and dad that you know a cup of coffee. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, so nice to have the er, so nice to be here, not have you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yes, no problem. Okay, to start, would you tell our listeners like who you are, a little bit about you, what you do, all the things? Sure, I would love to. So my name is Jessica Matheson. I live in Athens, Georgia, and I've been married to my husband Rory for going on six years. And we have three kids, two through foster care, one through biology. And then we have one on the way through biology. <laughs> and I'm a former school teacher, actually. And I taught elementary school for six years. But I since then have worked in ministry and nonprofit world. And so just kind of done a lot of different things, kind of a mixed bag of stuff. And then I also do some writing as well. Okay. So will you talk a little bit about, I know we're going to talk a lot about foster care today and your book, Fostering Prayer. So would you kind of tell the story? How did you get into foster care? I guess what brought that about? For sure. Well, when I was younger, I always kind of knew that I was going to be in some kind of like helping profession. I grew up in the church and I came to know the Lord at a younger age. And, you know, I just kind of had this vision of my life, like I'm going to adopt like 10 children. And, you know, and when my husband and I met, we met in our later 20s. And so we got married really quickly after we met, like under a year after meeting is when we got married. And so we, we actually met online. And, you know, so we wrote back and forth for a little bit for a while. And then like on our first date, like it wasn't like we'd never talked before. I mean, we kind of like gotten a lot of stuff out of the way and really talked through some things. And so it was kind of just jumping off from where we'd already begun. And we talked about adoption, like on our first date, like, oh, not like, oh, we should adopt, but (laughs) that would would have been weird. But, you know, like, oh, like I've always thought adoption was so beautiful, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'd love to do that one day. And so fast forward to when we were actually married, (laughs) we, you know, we always just kind of had it in our minds as something that we wanted to pursue later down the road. And we kind of figured that once we were done having biological children, that then maybe we would adopt and just didn't know really what that would look like. But then having biological children proved to be harder than we thought it would be. I had some women's health issues and it just took a minute like to conceive our little one, our little boy. And it'll actually be two in two days. Oh my God. Oh, two days. I know. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. I know. <laughs> I know. So it's 
birthday's coming up. We actually have our birthday month coming up. Everybody in our family was born in May. So we, we were just kind of in the middle of, okay, it's not happening. What do we do? Like, what are, what are our options? You know, all the things. And we felt convicted and felt this, like, we're going to have biological kids, but there's something more like maybe the Lord's calling us to something else. Like maybe this waits for a reason, all the things. So our church actually has a really thriving, just community of foster families. It's even grown even more now through the years. So this was a few years back and we went to a conference that's hosted by a local ministry at our church that was an informational conference. And it serves as like training for foster and adoptive parents, but anybody can go. So we just thought, you know what, maybe we should just go and learn. And so at that point, we were just like, I don't know what we're supposed to do. We feel like we should go. Let's just go see. And we both walked away from that conference saying like, I think that we're supposed to foster because we learned about the crisis in our state and in our nation and how there were so many kids and not enough homes. And at this point, we were living that dink life, you know, dual income, no children. And, you know, we had empty rooms and we're like, well, we want to have a baby, but it's not happening. We want to love kids. Maybe we're supposed to foster. And so it just kind of all started from there. That's really cool to hear that part. So we are in the middle of getting licensed to foster care. So we've done the We've done the classes and we've done most of the steps. You know, we've had our health assessments done and we all like all we have left is to get like our CPR and our first aid mm-hmm. and then our home study and then we'll be ready to go. Ooh, so we're, we're close. Awesome. Congrats. <laughs> um, it is a oh, journey. Thanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's it's cool to hear your story how you've always kind of had this like, you know, talking about adoption on your first date. So my husband was kind of the same way. So he grew up with some foster kids in his home. His dad had a foster kid. And he, I remember, I don't even think we were married yet. And we had this conversation that he has this very vivid memory of this little boy showing up on Christmas Eve. And all he had was a Mm -hmm. shoebox with a couple broken Mm -hmm. crowns in it and and Mm -hmm. like one piece of paper. And he loved art. And my husband's dad went to Walmart on Christmas Eve at like 10 o'clock at night and bought, you know, one of those art sets that has like paints paints and crowns and colored pencils. And my husband tells me that he just remembers them giving this little boy that art set. And he said Mm -hmm. he just cried because it was the best thing he had ever had. And so my husband wanted, like he always had that where he knew that he wanted to foster and adopt. Mm -hmm. And I was the total opposite that I was like, absolutely not. You know, (laughs) I was like, no. And in my reasoning, (laughs) I know I'm like, no. And, you know, looking back, my reasons were so shallow. Like they truly were. And I, but it's been interesting to hear. I haven't talked to very many people who have thought, I guess, how I feel where I didn't necessarily feel like God was specifically calling me saying, I want you to foster and adopt. I didn't feel this overwhelming, you know, sense from him, but it was that James one twenty seven, that religion that God, our father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after the orphans and widows in their distress. And it was just like this realization of like, I love God and I, I believe his word and we mm-hmm. have a good family and we have room and we have love to give. So right. it was like, yeah, I don't, maybe I don't need a hundred clear signs from God because I've got this, I've got this verse that says what to do. But 
I kind of feel alone on that boat because most of the people I talked to were like, oh, I just felt really called. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I just, that, you know. <laughs> I mean, there are so many people that like are in the same boat you're in that maybe they just like are embarrassed to say. Because there's a, I've, I've heard of a lot of people like that where it's like, oh, I wanted to, my husband didn't, or I wanted to, and my wife wasn't so sure. And then it just takes some time for like whoever's heart to just kind of soften to it and change. And because you have to both be in it, like it's not going to go well if one of you is like, oh, I didn't want to do this anyway. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. I will say though, that since we've started the process and since it was like, yes, I do want to do this. I do feel like that has opened my heart a lot more to where mm-hmm. now I can be like, yeah, this is what we're supposed to do. So, yeah, but yeah. It, it is, it's just been it's kind a, of funny that I'm like, yeah, it's, it's been wild. And, you know, I know that we have no idea really what we're getting ourselves into until we're already in it. But another thing I want to ask you is, I'm curious if it's been the same for you, but we haven't like told everyone that we're doing foster care yet. Like it hasn't been something we didn't make like a big announcement. We didn't, you know, Mm. I I think I've mentioned it maybe one time in an Instagram story. I don't even know, but (laughs) it just hasn't been like, we didn't make like some huge thing out of it. We just started started doing the classes and then one step at a time. But the interesting thing to me that was kind of discouraging is the people that we've gotten pushback from or the people that are like, well, that's going to hurt your family or aren't you worried about your own kids are Christians. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. I mean, I had somebody just the other day and I felt bad because I was a little sassy with her, but I had someone. Sometimes you got to bring the sass out. Oh man. In, in church. Okay. Sunday school was just getting over and someone said, well, don't you think you have enough on your plate? You need to add one more thing. And I just said, well, this feels like a pretty high priority. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I told, I, I hear you 100%. (laughs) But did you you experience that too? That sometimes it's Christians that I felt like for, for our story, that's been the most part, which was really surprising to me, I guess. I think that like overall because we're in a church it's very welcoming to it it wasn't necessarily that there were a lot of people like what are you doing I think that there was some hesitancy or just like uncertainty and ignorance not in a bad way but like just literal like ignorance as we all are in so many different areas about things we don't know about about like us choosing to do it before we did have biological children well what are you going to do if you get pregnant what are you going to do if this what are you going to do that we're like yeah whatever God tells us. Like, I mean, we're like, I don't know. We're yeah. just doing this because we're trying to be obedient, you know? Yeah. So I think there was some like, Ooh, what if, what if, what if, what if? And that's kind of been the case like all along the way of like, Ooh, I don't know. Oh man, that's so hard. Like maybe you should, I don't know. Can you? So, but we just have to, and of course you have those moments where you want to quit. And sometimes the people that you're closest to, like you reach out to them, like when you're really frustrated and you don't share the high moments because you're just like frustrated. So you're like, like, ah, and so they get a lot of like the frustration and the hard stuff. And they're like, man, that just like, is it worth it? Because like you forget to share like the good stuff because you're so like in it. And so sometimes at least that's something that my husband and I have talked about. And he's like, well, like, I mean, we go to like our people sometimes and we are sharing like the really hard things because we need support. We need prayer, but we forget to share the good stuff. And then like, we wonder why they're like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. And I, (laughs) yeah, that's a good point. And I do have to remind myself to give grace to those people because like I said, I was 
I mean, I was right there probably five years ago. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like, well, like how many times have I thought things like that, but just haven't said it, you know, but you're yeah. like, you didn't have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to say it out loud. Yes. And, it, it, the, um, and I was the person that also used the saying, the, well, I couldn't do it because it would, it would break my heart when they left. And, mm-hmm. you know, now being on the other side of like, I know my heart's going to get broken, but it's you know, but I'm still going to be obedient. Yeah. yeah still mm-hmm. worth it. And I'm like, yeah, I was that person too. So I got to, you're like, Oh, I said that too. I said that too. I thought yeah. that too. Yeah. So, and then you just, okay. You're growing. <laughs> you're growing. Yeah. We just, we keep growing, maturing, <laughs> but okay. So tell me how did this fostering prayer, it's a 40 day guide for foster parents. How did that mm-hmm. come about? I guess what led you to write that? So I've been writing for a while. I've written online like in blog form for years and years and then had self-published a few, like I guess three other books before that one, not anything to do with fostering, (laughs) more just like Christian life, devotional and, you know, kind of women's stuff. And I just, I guess I just in prayer, I felt like the Lord told me to do it. Honestly, I mean, it was like, you know what? Like, I have wanted a resource like this and I haven't found anything like it. Like, why isn't there something like this? Like prayers for foster parents. And so I was just like, I should make it. (laughs) And so, you know, I, so I just kind of started praying through it and I started like kind of half heartedly, like every now and again, working on it in like 2019 and then 2020 where we're like home all the time. I, was still like working a lot for home and stuff like that. So I didn't like pick up a new hobby or like become like some sourdough aficionado like <laughs> a lot of people did. But I was like, you know what? I am at home a lot and I'm not going anywhere. So I'm going to like dig into some writing stuff that I've been neglecting. And so I was like, you know, I need to pick this back up and I need to do it. So that was just like an act of obedience, honestly, of just saying, you know what? Foster parents need this. Like there's so many people who are fostering and not everybody, but there's so many people who are fostering who are believers and it is isolating and can be lonely and very difficult. And prayer is the backbone of like ways that we've seen breakthrough and just heart change and all kinds of different things in the lives of our kids. And I thought like, I want to share that with other people and I want to give them a resource because there's sometimes where you're in the middle of something and this can be any kind of situation in life, but, you know, especially just with fostering, with it just being unique and not the kind of traditional family model that you see where it can just feel like, I don't even know what to say. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't, how do I even put words to this? And so I thought, you know what? I feel like people need to be able to read and see like their feelings on a page. And so I tried to be like pretty vulnerable without obviously giving nitty gritty details of like situations from our life. But you know, like this is very difficult right now because (laughs) this child is driving me crazy or, you know, just like, and you know, just things that people like, they don't want to say out loud, but because they're thinking like, no, I'm not supposed to be like that. Like I'm supposed to love them as Jesus does. And it's supposed to feel wonderful all the time, but like it doesn't because it's not natural. It wasn't God's original plan. So it's going to feel awkward and hard and difficult and that's okay. So I wanted people to be able to not feel like the feelings that they were having were bad or that they were the only ones. And then to be able to do something with those feelings and bring it to the Lord in prayer and just have a place where they could go that they could 
find that comfort and encouragement. I really love that because I've noticed that that there there still is not many resources like this for foster parents. Because I I mean mm-hmm. I had done some digging because it was like we have no idea what we're really getting into. Obviously, I mean we've got our best friends they foster. I mean so we've seen it kind of up close, but it's not the mm-hmm. same. I know that. Yeah. So it was cool when I when I found it. I was like. I am ordering this right now. And I just got it a couple of days ago. <laughs> I so I just it. started it. I was like, I need this. And I told my husband, I was like, oh my goodness, we, we got to do this and I'm ordering it. But I love how much scripture is in it. Like, I really appreciate that because, you know, sometimes you'll get it and it's just this person's thoughts with mm-hmm. a tiny bit of scripture like, oh, or nice. reference. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. like, that's great. But like, let me dig in. And I, I really love that there's a snippet and then the prayer and so much scripture in it. But I also, I was just looking through the chapters and how you have one for like social workers and the counselors and the judges. And that is, that's really cool. And I haven't, I haven't gotten to those yet. I would say I just got it a couple of days ago, but I just think that's really cool that you, you even included those in there. Like it, it's not yeah, just, I just for you or the kids. Right. I just felt like, you know what? Like there are so many parts to foster care. Like it's so overwhelming. There are so many people involved and it's easy to kind of get in maintenance mode and survival mode. Honestly, like you can feel like that way a lot when you're within the kind of trenches of it all. Just feel like you're constantly in survival mode because like something's popping up, you know? And so I was like, I just was convicted that like every aspect needed to be prayed over. And I mean, I'm sure there's things I forgot, but those are the things that the Lord gave me. And I felt like, like what you said about there being so much scripture, one of the things that I just really value is scripture. And we know that scripture is life breathed. And so when we speak scripture out loud, when we pray it over a certain situation, like it has power. And I just remember I did a Bible study a few years back, one of the best Bible studies I ever did by a woman named Kay Arthur. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she has, she's like probably seventies or eighties. She has this amazing ministry called Precept International, where she teaches people to study the Bible inductively. And so I did one of her Bible studies called Covenant, one of the best things ever, just amazing. But I remember her saying like, if you are just like in that devotional life where like that's what your like time with the Lord looks like and you're not actually in the word, like you're preferring the words of man over the words of God. Like that just stuck with me because like, I mean, I've written devotionals. She's written devotionals, but she was saying, you know, like, the word is what you need. Like devotionals can be helpful. They can point you to the Lord, but like they don't need to be it for you. And so I wanted to be sure to include a ton of scripture in there and be like, hey, these are some things that I wrote. I feel like the Lord gave them to me to say, I don't think that they're wrong. I'm giving them to you as a resource, but the actual source is the word of God. Like that's where you need to be. Like your face needs to be in the word of God or like, you're going to die. I mean, like, you're not going to make it. Like, I hope this is a resource to you that keeps pushing you back into the word, you know? Oh yeah. That's so good. I have never heard of that, but I'm going to have to look it up because I feel like that's very accurate. A lot of people, I mean, I know I can, I've fallen into that before where it's like, well, oh, yeah, for sure. but how long has it been since I opened my actual Bible? So that's, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, I was like, too. whoa, when she said that, I was like, oh my, like, I will never forget it. I was like, she is so right. How often do we just want the easy stuff and we don't want to really dig, really learn what God is saying, like, you know, pick it apart. And of course there's seasons. It's not like every day you're going to have an hour long Bible study, but like, 
putting in the work of trying to understand the word reaps fruit. So like, why would we not do it? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I know that a lot of people that are going to listen to this are not foster parents and maybe they have no desire to be foster parents. I don't know. Maybe they're (laughs) thinking about it. Maybe they're where I was five years ago, but what could they do to help? Because there is a huge need. There's a lot of kids in the system and there's a huge need for support in different roles. So what can someone that's like, yeah, I don't want to foster, but I still want to do something to help. What is there for them? So... I would say one of the biggest things, and this may not be always like available, like kind of in an official way in your area, but that conference that I mentioned was hosted by a local ministry and they facilitate something called care teams for foster families. And so within the ministry, they appoint people like there's, there's a staff person that covers all this, but they appoint people within local churches who can be a point person who organizes teams that then serve all the different foster families within the church, whether that's one family, two families, 10 families, depending on the size of the church. And so that kind of starts up like that foster care ministry within the church. And so that ministry, that conference was where we got the exposure to, you know, lots of different education, but we had heard of some different families fostering in our church. And through attending that conference, we decided that we would serve on a care team. So that was almost, I mean, I guess it's kind of like, it was like a gateway drug to fostering because then we're like, oh, look, we could do it too. They're normal and they do it, you know? So basically a care team brings a weekly meal They may provide some material things, like if a child first comes to the home and like they may provide some clothing or gift cards for clothes, they provide babysitting. And so it's usually made up of like six to eight individuals or couples, families that have different gifts that they want to bring. So like we have a college student who serves as like a mentor and helps us out with transportation sometimes of picking up our daughter from school and just hanging out with her. We have families that make amazing meals. And then everybody though, like prays. And so, you know, we send out different prayer requests and updates on the family and how we're doing and just different things that they can pray for. Like if we have a court date coming up, we're like, Hey, y'all need to pray for this and this, like we need this to happen. We need to find out answers about these questions, things like that. So if you don't have a ministry within your local area, that's doing that, you don't have to have a ministry that's like, over it. Like you could just do that in your church. Like if you know people that are fostering or even just within your community. But then there's also something called a CASA. It's a court appointed special advocate. And this is a volunteer role. And it's sometimes that person will serve as like a guardian ad litem, which is someone who can speak on behalf of the child in court. So they kind of are like a little bit of a mentor to you. Like if the child like, let's say that you needed to disrupt the placement or the child, you know, if you need to disrupt or like the child was moving for whatever reason, they would stay with that child. Like no matter how many times like they moved around because there is instability within foster care, unfortunately, the CASA would be that child's CASA for the entirety of the case, whether it was seen through to adoption or reunification. And so they like prepare reports for the court. They report to the court and let them know what they believe is in the child's best interest. And they're looking at every facet. So they have connection to the mom or the dad or mom and dad or any other relatives. They're keeping up and understanding and asking questions about how they're doing in school and if there's any different services that they need and making sure that they get counseling. And so that is a super, super great way. But I think the biggest thing is like, if you know somebody who's fostering, like you could bring them dinner tonight or send them a Chick-fil-A gift card and that would bless their socks off. Like (laughs) food is like a real blessing. 
So yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be like this big, huge thing. Like if you're in a season where you have young kids of your own and you don't feel like you can offer a lot as far as like time, but you could like Venmo them money once a month for some food, like they'll receive that. Or, you know, if you have kids around that, or, or maybe you don't have like a lot of time to do anything by super special, quote unquote. But like, if you have kids around the same age, let the kids in care, let those kids come over so that the family can have a break and the kids can just like run and play with other kids and do a play day. I mean, there's all sorts of things. Yeah. That's super helpful. I think for people to hear too, that there's, it doesn't have to be some huge act to be able Mm -hmm. to help. I think, yeah, that's really good for people to hear. But like I said, even though I know a lot of people that will listen to this aren't probably foster parents, I think all of us probably, if not most of us know someone who is fostering or is Mm -hmm. connected somehow. So that's why I was so excited to have you on because I'm like, listen, if you know someone who is fostering, get them this book, (laughs) get them this (laughs) this guide because I've read the first two days and I'm like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be good. I'm going to keep this close. But okay, so on top of fostering and all that, what are you up to now? You're starting a women's ministry, is that right? Yes, so... Oh man, that's kind of connected to like the heart for foster care, but not really. I don't know. It, it all is connected because like our town that we live in has a pretty high poverty rate for its size. So the poverty rate is about 30%, 30, 31%. And for a town its size, like that's pretty significant, obviously. Yeah. And it has one of the highest poverty rates within the nation. And I, so I mentioned I was a school teacher and the, the last school that I taught at before I stopped teaching was actually a private school for inner city kids in Athens. And it was a Christian school. It was amazing. Loved it. It was like my dream teaching job. So I left kicking and screaming when the Lord called me away. From <laughs> it. But while I was there, I just, I loved getting to know the moms of the kids. And, you know, like within teaching, you see just so many different situations and so many different life stages and things. And I loved getting to know the moms and just felt like, man, I would love to like be their friend <laughs> or just like spend yeah. time with them outside of conferences when I'm telling them about their kids' grace. Like I would just like talk and talk and just love getting to know them. And my friends, my coworkers and I would always talk about, oh, it'd be so neat if we start a Bible study for this late. But, you know, teaching is a major job. There's so much going on. Like we didn't have a margin for that. So it just didn't happen. So when I left teaching, I went on staff at our church where we still attend. And I was doing like admin work and working with interns and assisting our pastor. And I learned about this ministry. It's actually a national ministry that's a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. And it's called Christian Women's Job Corps. And basically I met a woman who has a site because you can set up a site or kind of like a chapter of one of these within your community if it's needed. And there's, I think there's about 200 nationwide. So I learned and I met this lady at a Lifeway, boohoo, sad RIP (laughs) Lifeway stores. So I met her like a Bible journey event. And she had this mission or this ministry in like a mobile home park. And I was like, I have to know more, you know, and I just kind of picked her brain and stalked her, honestly. And she told me all about it. And she was like, you can set one up. Like, and I was like, I can't. <laughs> and so in learning about it, I was like, I think this is what I'd like to do to serve these women and to come alongside so that 
this ministry that I was involved with that had the school, like so that we could serve the family holistically so that we're not just loving the kids all day at school every day and through the rec sports and things, but like we're coming alongside their parents too. And so at that point, you're like, you're affecting two different generations. And so long story short, I went to training to be able to do this, all these things. And I've been working on it for a few years, doing a lot of legwork behind the scenes things. And we started serving women officially last spring before the pandemic. (laughs) So like right before the pandemic, we like had our last meeting and we had a couple more scheduled like monthly because we had been meeting weekly and then we're going to do a couple to round out the semester because it was kind of our beta group. And then the pandemic hit, so we didn't get to finish out as we had hoped. So, so sad, but I loved every minute of it. And I decided to call my chapter Restoration Women. And that just comes from Isaiah 58, where it talks about like, when you are walking with the Lord, you will be a restorer of the streets. You will be a rebuilder of the walls. Like you're going to bring its life where there was death. And so I wanted it to be a ministry where women are not only restored themselves, like where they feel like they're experiencing restoration, but then they're in turn passing it on to their kids and their communities. So basically we are going to be able to provide job and life skills to women in a Christian context. That's what the whole kind of umbrella organization is about, the Christian Women's Job Corps that I'm affiliated with through it. And the Lord just opened up a door for us to work with some students from UGA here locally that took on this project. We got chosen to be an organization that they partnered with and they have done all the legwork and stuff to allow us to become a 501c3. So we are pursuing wow. that nonprofit status and like doing the thing. And it's We're like officially official. I mean, we've like been doing stuff, but now it's like offic- it's becoming officially official in its own entity. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Yeah. I really love and appreciate when nonprofits don't just target the kids and they, you know, mm-hmm. they it's the whole family. And I think that that's just, Really cool. And I love your vision for that. So is there a way that, (laughs) oh, I bet that's amazing. Is there a way that all of us listening can support you in that or support the ministry? So right now we're still in the process of getting our taxes and status. And so we can't like officially begin fundraising and everything yet, which I'm like so bummed about because I'm like, I'm just so ready to hit the ground running and be like, okay, let's do this. So we're still in the process of like, we become incorporated, but then there's a couple more steps of filing for that taxes and status with like the state and like federally. So once we get that, then, you know, it's off with the, off with the races. <laughs> okay. And in the but meantime, now, we can I pray mean, for people you. People can pray. Yeah. People yeah. can pray. I pray that the process of getting approved doesn't take a long time because we just found out it's going to be a little longer than what we thought. We didn't realize like, it's going to be like, it could be up to six months and we're just like praying, praying, praying that oh, it wow. isn't. We can still serve women, but we can't fundraise. You know, there's all those, all those kinds of things. Like we can still serve women and do things, but like there's all kinds of other opportunities that are opened up once you're a nonprofit as far as like funding and all kinds of different stuff. So, <laughs> okay. We're going to be praying for that then. That it's yes, much like, quicker than six months. <laughs> move it through, Lord. Move it through. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, so I guess to end, will you tell everyone like where they can find you, how they can get the fostering prayer and yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I am on Instagram and that is just Jessica N. Matheson. And so that's my middle name to differentiate. There's another Jessica Matheson, but mine is Jessica N. Matheson, so just my name. 
And then on Facebook, I have a writing page. It's just Jessica Madison, comma, writer. You can find that and like that page. And I, it's generally the kind of the same stuff that I'm sharing on Instagram. So if you're not on Instagram, you can do Facebook. And then Restoration Women, you can go to restorationwomen.com. My blog is jessicaandmathison.com. It's all kind of the same. <laughs> and for Fostering Prayer, it's just on Amazon. So if you type in Fostering Prayer, if you type in my name, then you'll be able to find it pretty easily. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on today, Jessica. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I so enjoyed it. And I'm excited about your your fostering journey too. Like it's oh, it's you. like nothing else. So I'm here if you need <laughs> anything. You can send me a DM, whatever you need. I will I will be here for you, girl. I'll pray for you and you can vent and do whatever you need or just share the highs too. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah. 